2: Let's get to our guest, Terry Spath, CIO at Zuma Wealth. So, Terry, the schizophrenic nature of the Fed statement and the Powell commentary suggests to many an issue here uh, of some sort. Either Mr. Powell went too far or they are a divided house. How does that play out for you?
0: Right. Yeah, I don't think they're a divided house because the dot plots were pretty consistent. but And the Fed continues to be data dependent. The issue is that that's all backwards-looking data, and they seem in recent years to be picking one mandate rather than both of their mandates. The Fed has a dual mandate. It's low inflation and low unemployment. And for years, the message that was that they would let inflation get hot in order to lower unemployment, kept rates at zero, dumped money into the economy, and that's textbook, textbook for inflation. So now here we are on the flip side with red-hot inflation and very low uh, unemployment and they seem to be saying, well, we're just gonna keep, you know, we're gonna keep slamming on the brakes. I was gonna say pedal to the metal, but I think it's really well, yeah. I mean, on it, the, the, the
2: statement suggested that a pause to assess could be coming, and then Pal comes out with a sledgehammer.
0: Yeah, it was. um I, I think think really wanted wanted to make it like, like, hey, not not too too excited about this." this. Um, was it was interesting because that that's exactly what happened bit the statement was very much. Um, benign in terms of how aggressive they might be with, um, with raising rates. And I do think that we can trust to some extent that they'll, they'll continue to keep a close eye on everything. But the reality is is that the Fed is a blunt instrument. They're not a laser scal- scalpel. And, uh, and, they're, and I think you know, when you're, we're talking about 50 basis points versus 75 basis points, we're making the mistake of thinking that this is a laser scalpel, and it's not.
1: Well, Terry, also, you know, you say it's a a sledgehammer. Well, at the moment, (laughs) what they're doing, I mean... (laughs) That was me. (laughs) (coughs) I've forgotten my train of thought, actually, Brian. (laughs) Uh, But what I was saying was uh, that, you know, the thing is that they are driving so hard at uh, dealing with uh, not just, of course, inflation, but dealing with their own credibility that they could, in turn, by doing that, inflict greater pain that's needed, in fact, monumental pain on the U.S. economy, really resulting in them not even being a sledgehammer but being a steamroller.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we've got a lot of great analogies going on, and I love this one, <laughs> <slammer because, laughs> and maybe I'll throw another one in. It's, you know, they're going 100 miles an hour on a slick road, and slamming on the brakes is just, um, mm. I think there's a lot of question, at least personally I am, as well as um, this is how we're guiding investors, is like this could be too blunt. You've When you've raised rates essentially 12 times in this year, and now they haven't raised it 12 separate times, but they've done – 1225 basis point hikes
1: sorry we were using all sorts of analogies before i'm just going to go out with one more about the federal reserve and it was the point that brian made last and that was essentially speeding on a slick road and the reason why they're speeding is because they were late and uh, late to the party so they have to speed in order to try and make amends so what i'm saying is what are the dangers of massive policy error
0: well, I think uh, I I, lo- I really do like that al- analogy. If you're going 100 miles an hour and you slam on the brakes, there's going to be damage, and and that's <laughs> I think what's going to happen in the economy. And I think you're bringing up a really good point, which is you know is this going to throw us into a recession, not just in the U.S. Uh, but but globally? And I think that there's a, a very good risk of that. You know, when you've got um, when you've got a, a laser focus on inflation and you're, you're kind of putting unemployment on the back burner, you know, there's a, those are trade-offs. And I don't see the Fed focusing on both at the same time when they're raising as, as drastically as they have because they have to at this point.
2: So we took note of inflation working in Starbucks favor. So it got me to thinking, uh, okay, so let me set up a screen here. Um, companies that are recession proof that have pricing power and are trading under a 14 multiple and let's see what comes out oh it says go fish
0: <laughs> oh I So the question is what, what
2: this is a silly just silly me asking you the question what do we do from here
0: Well yeah I mean it's such a challenging environment as it has been all year when you've got stocks down More than 20%, and you've got bonds not, you know, making up, not, not standing up and doing what they're supposed to do when stocks collapse, which, which is to be some ballast in your portfolio. You've got investors that are just, um, they're, they're upset and they don't know really what to do, but there are some opportunities, I think, that are, that are coming out of this. I mean, what we're doing with our clients right now is a bit of a barbell strategy. I mean, when you've got three, to six-month treasuries that are guaranteeing you a 4% return, that's not something that used to be interesting. Well, it wasn't even something you could do six, 12 months ago, but that's something, you know, kind of up a couple few percentage points is the new, um, (laughs) flat is the new up in this market, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So owning some treasuries for the short term in this volatility, I think is something that makes sense um, for a lot of clients right now.
1: Well, and let's just also just take a look at, you know, it's not just treasuries, but I mean, if you're going to be looking in fixed income, you go to some of the decent um, high yields. I mean, some of those uh, uh, investment-grade products, which have just slipped below the line, if you will, solid businesses, arguably, and you're looking at double-digit virtually returns. Mm
0: Yeah, Rashad, I mean, I think that, I think that's a great point. I mean, for, for individual clients, we're not buying individual high-yield bonds, but there are certainly mutual funds that are out there that make sense. I think HYG can actually make some sense. Uh, what we're really doing is a barbell strategy. So on the one end is that three- to six-month treasury for a guaranteed 4%. And then on the other end of the barbell is buying value stocks. You don't have to love value. You just have to buy it. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, you were joking, I think, at the start of this, Brian, about, you know, doing some screens on you know what are some cheap stocks out there and if you can hold your nose and recognize that this isn't a a 30-day play a 90-day play this is a 12 24-month play there's plenty of interesting stocks out there with terrific dividend yield um, with low valuations that make sense to put kind of on the other end of your risk spectrum of your portfolio
2: One of the big questions I have is that if we take that the inversion of the yield curve and the 210 spread suggests recession is coming. So the question then becomes, you know, have stocks already discounted it? Because we know that sometimes by the time we know we're in recession, we're already the stock market is already moving the other direction. Um, How do you gauge that?
0: Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that um, I think that the inversion of the yield curve is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that say there's a recession coming. There's no question about that. When the three month uh, treasury is higher than the 10 year yield, you've got a recession in the next six months. So the question is, is this going to be a hard landing or a soft landing? Is this going to be a soft landing where your next door neighbor loses your job or is this going to be a hard landing where y- where you lose your job? Mm.
1: Well, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Terry. Terry Spath, uh, uh, she is the chief investment officer at Zuma Wealth, getting her take on the market. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor q